Yeah. <laughs> I can't help myself, really. It's just so exciting. Uh, I love It's catchy. It is. It's a very catchy jingle. Welcome to the Green Divas Radio Show. You're on with Green Diva Meg. And Green Dude Paul. How much fun are we having? I know. What a great show coming up. Yeah. Today we have, well, first, before we do anything, let's thank our sponsors because, you know, because Abs- of without them. Without them, we wouldn't be here. <laughs> well, we'd be here. But. It's how we do what we do. Buygreen.com, um, which, you know, Doug Farquhar is, I, I think I mentioned everybody finally got to meet him. He's like my new buddy. And uh, I love working with BuyGreen.com, and they have a wonderful system. How would you yeah, – a rating system. Thank rating, you. I'm, vetting. Yeah. yeah, they really – So, and, and pretty soon there will be a big announcement oh, about boy. the Green Divas Marketplace. Uh-oh. It's going to be driven by our friends at BuyGreen.com. Very so, cool. yeah, stay tuned. I'm working on that in the background. Um, so go to BuyGreen.com in the meantime. And tell us what your favorite products are and what you think we should carry. Absolutely. And, you know, I like that. I like that idea. Yes. Use your social media to tell us what you're finding. Exactly. You know how to find us. I know you do. Um, and then Smarty Marty's Rent-A-Rec, which is also uh, based at, in Dover, Dover Rent-A-Rec. Um, Smarty Marty's has several locations in northern New Jersey. And don't let the name fool you. These cars are not wrecks. I've rented them. The experience was great, not only with the car, but with... Smarty Marty's staff. They're mm-hmm. really fun. Anyway, I love his little thing now, which is uh, rent a recycled car. Very cool. They're barely yeah, used. So, yeah, it's a great concept. It is. way to live a sustainable lifestyle. I like it. Um, and then, so now, getting to our busy day. Yeah. Um, we've had the opportunity to speak with Jennifer Sass, who is a senior scientist at NRDC. and um, We'll get to learn about nano. Yeah, nanotechnology. and elements. And it's a little scary. Sci- yes, we'll have to put our smart hats on. Yeah, but she's really good at explaining what's what and what we need to be concerned about and, you know, making it English. So that that's going to be very interesting. And NRDC is the National Resources Defense Council. Oh, thank you for the, de, yes, uh, yeah, decoding the acronyms. <laughs> decoding the acronyms. Oh, this is why I have to keep Paul around. Thanks. Uh, and many other reasons. So another thing that's very exciting is today is our very first inaugural formal Green Divas Green Thumb gardening segment. Yay! Now, does that work for green dudes too? Yes, it does. Okay. It does. Okay. It just gets to be too much to say green divas I and dudes know, everywhere. Don't take it personally. We don't. You know, we'll <laughs> let you women have one thing. Yeah, I know. Allison Hoffman is calling in. She's a, a master gardener out in <laughs> your chair. Just went. I wish I had that on film. It's not going to do it justice to try to describe what just happened to so Paul in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Our chairs get, you know, they're high chairs and they and pump it up and down. decided to be low. And suddenly he's like lowered by a foot. <laughs> Nose into the microphone. <laughs> Luckily that didn't come across. That's the funny. But, yeah. Well, probably not as funny. Oh, it's great on the radio. It. Yeah, yeah right. great on the radio. Anyway, Allison is a master gardener and a garden, um, I think she calls herself a garden mentor. Terrific. And uh, I certainly need her. She's going to talk about spring. You know, we're all having sort of a delayed spring in the north and the, you know, Midwest and Northeast. Absolutely. Frost's coming. And And, um, so we're all anxious to get out there. But she said, well, there's some things you can do, some things you might not want to do yet. Right. But she gives us some creative ideas on how to get out there and experience spring because we're itching some of us gardeners um of course we did a my earth 360 with green diva lynn 
Salamanders. Um, salamanders were like the the, yeah. the the critter of the day. Apparently, they're like little eco heroes. Yeah, well, I've known you know, those species that are bio indicators, but this one actually serves a function that yeah. you'll, be, you'll be surprised. By. You'll be surprised. Little little eco heroes are salamanders. Um, and then we have a green diva health and beauty segment with Michael Edwards, who's the publisher of Organic Lifestyle Magazine. And he's got an interesting – I, I knew he was going to talk about um, natural allergy relief. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, I got my elixirs and stuff. But then I found out it's something different that you probably wouldn't have thought of. Hmm. And he swears it's very effective. And guess what? We're all doing it here. Terrific. Yeah. So we'll let you know how it works. But anyway, so <laughs> guinea pigs. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You know, we're, it's scary how well we won't even get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have a really fun foodie file with a young man named Charles Chen, who's the founder of rawyouth.org, which is a really fun, vibrant health. Um, uh, website and he does videos yeah. and all kinds of really very impressive young man yeah isn't take, he take great a, yeah taking his own personal health challenges and turned his own life around and inspired him to to help others well and he's going to talk to us about coffee alternatives and i believe yerba mate will come into play i spent a year drinking yerba mate tea it does roll right off your tongue i <laughs> and i'm not probably saying it right but you know no, you your oh, It was good stuff. It Terrific. was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I still have a closet full of it, but I've gone back to caffeinated tea. Yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do. Falling off that wagon. <laughs> but I was inspired talking, you know, we were inspired because we talked to him a little while ago. So um, I'm pretty excited to. Wow. How are we going to do all that in one show? <laughs> we are amazing, aren't I we, Paul? I tell you, the magic. And guess what else is coming up? Because this week, you know, this is, you know, the week before Earth Day. Earth Day. And of course, that? you know, I want to roll my eyes and say for us, every day is Earth Day, well, right? Well, of course. But everybody else likes to celebrate. And of course, now the media makes a huge party. Yeah, 44 years. Hard really? to believe, isn't it? For yeah. those of us that remember yeah. the first one. Yeah, when when it really was a unique and important, I mean, it's still an important thing, but, but it was so unique back then. And that was Senator Gaylord Nelson from Wisconsin that started that and hired well, an organizer. Gotta love that name, Gaylord, Gaylord. Right? I mean, that is an era in itself. Era? Error. <laughs> error um, or er era? <laughs> no, he was, he, I, I got to work. With the Earth Day National Organization, yeah, I know. For uh, quite I forgot a few years. about that until just now. And Dennis Hayes was hired by uh, Senator Nelson wow. to to run it, and Dennis is still around doing great work. Yeah, we should so, talk to him sometime. Oh, right? absolutely! Wouldn't that yeah. be fun? So every day is Earth Day, but so, next week we get to celebrate its anniversary. We do, and we have a real special show. We're gonna, you know, obviously focus on Earth Day and special things, but. Our friend Ed Beckley is going to oh, come on again. It's always fun. I know. I'm really excited about that. I don't think you're going to be with us. Poor Paul is going to be recovering from a little surgical fix. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, I won't that. tell everybody exactly, but, you know, uh, just so you put out some vibes for Paul's, you know, quick healing, happy healing. Yes. So, I, I hope my voice doesn't get higher. <laughs> He's going to think you're getting spayed or something. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> if my wife had it, her wife. Oh, my gosh. We're going to go off the trail any second. Uh, but so anyway, people, listen up. 
next week we're going to have Ed Begley and the show podcast will release on Earth Day, which is Tuesday. We normally don't come out with the full show podcast until Thursday, but because it's special week. That's it. Because um, Ed Begley's doing some some fun stuff on he Earth Day. Does. I know, doesn't he's he? He's incredible. So we want to make sure that we help highlight what he's doing. So pay attention. Check out the Green Di- thegreendivas.com, T-H-E, greendivas.com, and uh, keep up, man. All right. On so, with the show. On with the show. Want to understand what climate change is really all about? Want to get the latest environmental news? Listen to the Green Divas My Earth 360 report and hear it all. From WTF to encouraging news and ways that you can take action for the earth. This segment is sponsored by TrueGoods.com because shopping should be fun, not frightening. TrueGoods helps you make simple choices for healthier, safer, cleaner living. Tell truth, shop good at TrueGoods.com. Green Diva Lynn. What's up, Green Diva Meg? How's it going? Good. I just uh, did a downward dog, so I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, I should have done that. That's a great oh, I idea. Have that bef- yeah. I was doing my little chair boogie trying to wake up because okay. I'm. I, we're having the rain you had a few days ago, so it's just kind of like logie and gray. Hey, well, at least you're not staring at snow like I am, right? Oh, my God. It's melting, though. The sun's out, and... I can see the green grass. Yay! Spring. And, um, yeah, we've got all kinds of fun things going on this week. Uh, what, so what's like the what's the WTF today? Well, I have kind of a cool WTF. Okay. Uh, tiny salamanders, it turns out, can help. They can literally help gobble up carbon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're the most abundant vertebrates in the North American forests and they eat insects that would otherwise release carbon dioxide. Really? But they also chew up methane-releasing leaf litter. <laughs> methane-releasing so cool. leaf litter. That's almost like uh, a tongue twister, methane-releasing leaf litter. Yes, and we were talking about methane-releasing yeah. yeah. cow flatulence, or just cows <laughs> with their flatulence <laughs> re- and births, they're releasing methane, but these are uh, gobbling them up, so maybe we need to have the salamanders follow the cows around yeah wouldn't that be although i guess they're not necessarily going to be eating the, yeah. yeah 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 but i i i think we we need salamanders for sure yeah not sure if they can keep up with how we put out uh carbon dioxide we put out about 40 billion tons of co2 every year but well, the good news is one salamander can sequester about 178 pounds of carbon per acre during a rainy season. And these woodland salamanders are found all over the world. So they're saying they could make really make a difference. Well, that's kind of interesting I and know. actually a little hopeful. Yes, we just have to really, uh, it's just another example of why we need to protect all Wildlife, these creatures. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, they all have some type of a purpose out there and... They can be really helpful. Go Sally. Sally the salamander. Yeah. Okay, good. And uh, was there anything else that was sort of what WTF, like, not so cool? Uh, yeah, not so cool. Greenland's ice cap is becoming unstable. Oh. 
it's melting faster than anyone had guessed. Oh, that yeah, is a bummer. Yeah, the largest landmass of ice in the northern hemisphere. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. going to raise the oceans and that it feeds, right? Yeah, the melting is moving at anything but a glacial pace. Ba-dum-bum. <laughs> Ba-dum-bum. <laughs> it was stable until about 2003, apparently, but the scientists say that between April 2003 and April 2012, uh, the region was losing ice at the rate of 10 billion tons a year. I, I, I have a hard time imagining how much that is, but it sounds like a very, very big number. Yeah, they, they had an F, I don't know if you watch Vice. That's a really uh, cool news program on HBO, and they did a segment on specifically on Antarctica's ice. And, really? Uh, they were camping out there. The reporter and this other guy were camping out there, and at night you could hear, they're like, that, it sounded like a thunderstorm. It was just continuous ice falling into the seawater, and it just, oh, it was really, it's really worth watching if you ever can. Uh, well, I will, I've never heard of it. What, what rock have I been under? I've been with the salamander. Right. What can I say? But, uh, you know, I'm just going to jump in real quick when you say watch. I started watching the years of Living Dangerously that we Mm -hmm. have on our site right now. Mm -hmm. Just like people go, oh, my God. First of all, it's so beautifully produced. And as a sort of a media person and producer, I appreciate that the production quality is amazing. And, of course, Harrison Ford, Don Cheadle, and another gentleman from The New York Times – Mm-hmm. are sort of the featured folks that you follow these three storylines. And um, and there's lots of compelling, really compelling information. And I'm in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and it's almost a little scary, and I'm hoping they bring it back to um, what we Something. like to do is find, yeah, you know. type of a solution. Hope and, a solu- and, and what you can do because mm-hmm. otherwise you – so I'm really psyched about the salamanders. Okay, I, I digress. Yeah, let's keep thinking about the salamanders. <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking about having my son watch that. We were toying around with the idea of watching it Sunday, but uh, it got to be too late. And, well, you know, he always grumbles when I talk about watching a documentary of any sort. Of course. Uh, I've been able to trick him into watching a couple – um, so I don't know. I guess I'll wait. To, I haven't seen the first episode. That's the reason why, because I was thinking we would watch it on Sunday, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll wait to hear from you on whether you think that I don't think it's right my son. I don't think it's, it's not hyperbole. It's not, you know, I don't think it's designed to terrorize people mm-hmm. and young people. Uh, but I will give you the final verdict, uh, of, of, you know, is it good for a 13 year old or not, uh, later today. Okay. Yeah, I'm just closing my door because my cat was licking me to death. Oh my gosh. No, he, that happened last time I was on a call with you. So, and then there was some more encouraging news I think that you had. Uh, were you thinking about the ozone hole? I was. Yeah, um, there's a little bit of good news and some sort of not sure if it's good or bad news. <laughs> Um, related to that. Okay. Because I was looking further into oh. um, the ozone hole story that I had stumbled on when we were, when we were talking. Um, so the Arctic's ozone hole is looking good. Well, that's encouraging. Uh, they say that has to do with the worldwide ban on ozone-depleting chemicals, which 
stopped the Arctic ozone from disappearing, like it has, you know, there's that whole ozone hole still in Antarctica, which I think is pretty stable right yeah, now. Yeah, um, But the interesting thing is that researchers recently discovered a new naturally occurring hole. Oh, come on. The, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Can we send some salamanders I mean, up you there? get rid of one and then it's like... <laughs> Uh, I don't know, maybe it's sort of like the Lucy show where they're yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to wrap the candies, you know, yeah. they, um, similar to that conveyor belt thing. Um, oh, so the atmosphere above the western tropical Pacific Ocean has hardly any of the key chemicals that scrub pollutants from there. They didn't know of this area until just recently. And while it's natural... Well, obviously, the, the fact it's not there may be a problem. They don't really know yet what impact that's going to have on the rest of the ozone layer. Oh, dear. Or even our climate. Okay. Because we're, you know, we're putting crap out there. Yeah. And they thought that we were all good, except for these ozone holes, um, the one in Antarctica and so on. But now this one's there, and they're like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. Now what do we do? Yeah. What's that going to mean? So that's kind of interesting. More salamanders. Yeah, uh, salamanders. Bring so on the salamanders. Are there any um, any cool actions that you would recommend this week? Yes. Since we're on the subject of carbon and carbon pollution, um, there is a great petition on uh, the, the uh, Moms Clean Air Force website. Yeah. Which I love the Moms Clean Air Force. Yep. Um, they have one where you just fill in your information. It's really quick, and you can tell the EPA that you support their new limits on carbon pollution from power plants. Yeah. Because do you know how many limits there are on carbon pollution today? No. Zero. Oh, come on. I know. So that is a very important petition. So take a couple minutes and fill it out. Boom. Good. And then share it around. Good report, G.D. Lynn. I'm, uh, well, look, thank you very much. Looking forward to playing uh, for Earth Day next week. So I know. Um, I can't believe that's right around the corner. But every day is Earth Day in our world. In right? our world, every day is Earth Day. Indeed. All right, Lynn. Talk to you soon. Okay. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Get all the details from this Green Divas My Earth 360 report and lots more on thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com, and myearth360.com. And remember to tell truth and shop good at truegoods.com. Vibrant health and beauty radiates from the inside out. Get your glow on with Green Diva's health and beauty tips from natural skin care to creating healthier habits that make us sparkle. Really excited to talk today to Michael Edwards, who is the publisher, founder, probably, you know, chief bottle washer and cook like me, um, of Organic Lifestyle Magazine, among other things. Why don't you give us a quick rundown on some of the other stuff you're doing, Michael? We've got GreenLifestyleMarket.com. That's kind of an extension of Organic Lifestyle Magazine because Organic Lifestyle Magazine doesn't sell anything. 
And right now it's mostly supplements, but it's going to be a lot more soon. And we've got healingthebody.ca, our uh, Canadian company that is getting more into how the heal, how to specifically heal the body. And it's also got a lot of great recipes and stuff. And good, good, uh, I good. like to say editor chief, editor in chief, owner and janitor. So oh, kind of there you go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And and you're doing a great job. I like. Um, all of your sites, and I'm excited to talk to you today about natural allergy relief. And I'm, I'm like almost, you know, um, gagging because I, I desperately need some. And I have my own remedies, but, you know, I could always use some more ideas. So tell us what you got. I've got something better than the typical remedy, um, depending on who you are. Because if you're willing to do it, it's not so much getting rid of the um, allergies as it is making the body much more healthy because allergies are actually a sign of an overtaxed body. Right, right. And you cannot tell me that you're healthy to the point of being like as healthy as you can be if you have allergies. You may be healthier than the average person, but if you have allergies in every single case that I have ever had right. every client I've ever worked with sugar yeah yeah brown rice syrup agave nectar apple juice it's all still too much sugar yeah and a lot of health nuts even me love the juice but yeah. it's refined sugar and it's, if you cut it out completely like all refined sugar what no matter how natural it is and limit your fruit yeah. Um, focus on the vegetables, give it like two or three days really? and in every single case, no more allergies. Now there, there's certainly cases where dairy is a problem too. Right. And, uh, soy can cause, wheat can cause yep. the problem. But yep. in every case, sugar was also the issue if it wasn't the only issue. And that's, and it is important to identify that even when juicing that you can end up with really concentrated sugar. In your natural yeah, I, juice. I, I personally, I only like to juice Granny Smith apples for um, my uh, fruit. Yeah. They, they've got a lot of great benefits that the other apples don't have, but I, I'm very cognizant of the fact that that is sugar because you're not getting that fiber that slows down the sugar, sugar absorption. And right. it's different even if you, like, popped a fiber pill and drank juice that, that's going to slow down the sugar absorption a little bit, but it's not the same as eating an apple, you know? Yeah, right. Now, I know when I juice primarily, I don't use fruit. Now, I use like carrots and I use a little bit of beet because that can be also very high in sugar um, and, uh, you know, green stuff. Uh, but I, I tend not to use too much um, fruit when I juice. I have smoothies. That's a whole different topic, you know. Uh, when trying to get rid of the allergies, try... Um, to cut out or almost cut out the beet and carrot juice, just because, as you said, that is more sugary. And I, I, I mean, wow. I can't drink kale juice by itself. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some beet, carrot, and apple with that. But yeah. um, I, I, I typically like my staple of juicing is really like the shots, like the wheatgrass and the uh, ginger and yeah. turmeric, lemon juice. You know. Yeah. Um, do you have a juice press? I have a champion juicer. Okay. That's the best one that is not a press, in my opinion. Right. But to the audience that is juicing, if you kill the enzymes in your juice with, like, those uh, centrifugal juices, I think they're right. called. Yep. Um, you're 
then you're talking about a really simple sugar. Wow. Yeah, the enzymes are very important. As important as fiber is to properly digesting sugar. And the problem is sugar feeds every single parasite. Um, and uh, the more simple it is, the more simple the fer- parasite is able to feed upon it. That's kind of how I look at it. That's not quite scientific, but it's how it works anyways. Mm-hmm. And candida, specifically their uh, poop, overwhelms our system. Yeah. And we, we are like, we don't feel good. It must be because of this. Right. And it, that thing can be pollen. That thing can be citrus. That thing can be shrimp. Yeah. Um, th- this is very common, like... People are often allergic to strawberries, and a lot of those people love the strawberry-type candies, like um, strawberry-flavored sodas, chocolate-covered yeah. strawberries, right. and their body is actually reacting to the sugar. Interesting. But it confuses itself and decides that strawberries may kill me. Wow. Now, and you're going to do a post for us, a guest post, um, uh, with this, I believe, and then um, tell us again how people can find you. The best place to find me is organiclifestylemagazine.com and Facebook. Okay. J. Michael Edwards is cool. how you would do the URL. Great. Well, and we'll have all that on the Green Divas post that, that, um, that we, we have you doing. And I'm really excited. I'm going to focus on my husband needs it more than me. I'm not really suffering too much from allergies, um, thankfully. But um, they are coming and my husband is suffering. So I'm going to try it and I'm going to let you know how it goes. All right, just ask for two to three days. Okay. That's all he'll need to try this for. All right. Thanks so much. What a great idea. And I'm looking forward to talking to you more down the road for other topics. Wonderful. Nice talking to you. Bye-bye, Michael. Bye. Are you sparkling yet? Well, you will be. For information on this segment and lots of other healthy green living information, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. Shopping should be fun, not frightening. That's why True Goods offers a consciously curated selection of non-toxic goods. Find a variety of healthy and natural products for house and home, the kids, and even those furry family members. Also check out the True Goods blog, The Goods, for engaging articles and useful resources. True Goods makes choosing a healthier, safer, cleaner lifestyle easy. Tell truth, shop good at truegoods.com. Wishing you had a green thumb or want to learn more about sustainable gardening outdoors and in? Expert green divas and dude gardeners share tips for everything from composting to growing herbs in your kitchen. Listen to the Green Divas Green Thumb for low-stress gardening tips. Okay, this is our first gardening, our first formal gardening segment that we're formalizing. I mean, we've talked about gardening before, but this is the new Green Divas Gardening segment, and I'm so excited that we have Allison Hoffman, also known as Allie, and now hopefully Green Diva Allie, um, who's out in Chicago, calling in to talk about some green. She is, by the way, a green, um, a garden mentor and coach. And she's calling in to talk to us a bit about, gosh, it's been the late spring, but getting started. Yes. Thank you, Meg. It's uh, it's really been, everybody talks about the polar vortex, and I didn't want to say those words. <laughs> but 
I think over a lot of the country, we're, we're having a late spring. A lot of the small bulbs that you might have seen uh, coming up three weeks ago here in Chicago are just now coming up. Yeah, yeah. So if you normally, in a, in a warmer year or a normal year, you might be able to start gardening at the end of March. Right. You know, cleaning it up. And we were under snow. Yeah, yeah. So, and actually it's supposed to snow today. So. That's what I heard. But, <laughs> That's crazy. But, but in the meantime, there are some things we can do. I'm saying that we need to distract ourselves. Mm-hmm, hmm We we, in spite of the fact that a certain store with orange all over it has got uh, <laughs> summer Who will blooming, remain nameless? That's funny. Summer blooming annuals out there. Really? Uh, because they were hoping, oh, yes, they have lantana, which is something you can grow in 110 degrees in Texas right, right. in the summer, and they've got that out ready to be planted now. Wow. And what happens when you spend your money and your time and your gardening energy, out of all the hours you have, you only have a little amount of time to do gardening, Yeah, is that you plant it and they'll rot, and then you'll think you're not a good gardener. Right. And that's not true at all. It's just that you planted them too early and they rotted in the wet soil. But here's some things you can do okay. if you'd like to hear about them. Yeah, I do. And I'll tell you, I just want to say real quick that it's funny Usually by now I'm itching to be out in the garden, and I've been slow. Um, I, my instinct just hasn't been there, and I've been feeling guilty because I just don't feel like gardening yet. Until this weekend, a little bit because, of course, it was like 70 degrees. So, um, Yeah, it, it'll, it'll do that bouncing around thing. Um, now, in Chicago, we're in Zone 5, and our average last frost date is m- – uh, May the 15th. Yeah, yeah, we're around May so, 10th is safe, yeah. So you wouldn't want to be planting lantana or petunias or tomatoes <laughs> no. until more like May 15th to June 1st. Yeah. So yeah. you're not very far behind now. Everything's going to catch up to the right place. Yeah. A lot of the things that, like my uh, my snowdrops and my and my crocus yeah. are blooming at the same time as some of my early daffodils. Mm-hmm. So they're all catching up to each other. So I cut you off. I'm sorry. You were going to tell us some of the ideas of things we can do now. Well, the most important thing you can do is get your notebook. <laughs> and I can give you a site to a notebook that you can write in when it's raining on you. Oh, good. often doing that. Yeah. And make notes about this looks like it might be dead, but it's not really. And I, I think... A lot of people are getting ready to dig up their shrubs now. Yeah. A lot of the evergreens look like they're dead. Right. Or they've turned a funny color. Yep. And and a lot of them are not dead. They're they're just experiencing winter burn. Okay. From the sun or the wind or the very cold temperatures we had here, and they get something called bronzing. I think I have so, that with my would my boxwood do that or that that little yeah okay. the boxwoods have got it yeah some of them do that every year but it's it's worse this year yes and the ewes are doing it and a few other evergreens will bronze in the winter but the, the and that's you know you want to get out there especially husbands I I notice want to dig. <laughs> um, 
not to be sexist, but there are a couple of things men like to do in the garden, and one of them is dig things up. Yeah, yeah, and thank and, God they uh, do. Yes, yes. But the bronzing is usually just uh, a temporary effect. By June, you'll know whether it's alive or dead. Okay. Now, should you if cut you off want, the bronzed area? You should be able to kind of rub your hand against it, and they'll drop off when oh, you grow okay. coming on. Okay. And if not, then you're probably going to be shearing them anyway sometime yeah. in June to get your shape back. And if not, you can just kind of shear them off anyway. Now, you can go take go to the stem and scratch it with your fingernails. Okay. And if the stem has got a little bit of green showing, it's still alive. Yep. And if it's a yew bush, for example, or a boxwood, you may say, oh, this tip is not alive, but go further down in and scratch it. And okay. if you see that green, then you know it's alive, it's going to come back. It might not come back on the outside two inches, so you can just shear that off. Right, got it, okay. But I'm not giving up on I just finished uh, doing a little trim on some of my boxwoods, and they're perfect underneath. Excellent. So um, that's one thing. And unfortunately, you know, I wish some of mine would die so I could replace them. But <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But make a note to yourself when you're out there assessing things. This has got a lot of broken branches, and I do want to replace this one. Okay. The snow load is, is hurt some things. And that's just a good chance to read about what's a good plant for my area for this situation. Right, got it. If it's, if it's with its specific uh, needs. Right. Uh, and then what I usually do is put a popsicle stick or something in that area that says, yes, I'd like to put a little clump of snowdrops right here so it's the first thing I see in the spring. So it's a, it's a way of, you know, planning, and you can be outside playing while you're planning, but you're not necessarily right. so doing it. so you're assessing, yeah. you're making notes, and you're putting markers in, mm-hmm. which all sounds very boring, but when you're making your notes, say you want to put snowdrops by the back door and then in august you're going to put order snowdrops to plant in the fall right the next spring you'll have snowdrops i like that so happy with yourself yeah and you're paying attention to what yeah what's happening in spring right now i can't use popsicle sticks because we have a nine-month-old puppy oh yeah Mm -mm. and she thinks that those are toys so (laughs) i'm using a permanent sharpie on a rock to mark where I'm putting new things. <laughs> and uh, some dogs actually like to pick up rocks and run around with them too. Well, believe yeah, it or not. Unfortunately, she hasn't done that yet. Uh, or broken pots might work too. Yep, Sometimes yep. I, I use those. Now, uh, the, once, the other thing you can do now is um, your spring cleaning. Right. If you're trying to be a healthy, organic gardener and be nice to the insects and the birds. It's a good idea to consider leaving your winter growth up over the winter. Yes, which is what so, we do, yeah. Yeah, that allows there are a lot of overwintering insects, and the birds have a place to hide. Mm-hmm. It also protects the crowns of the plants quite a bit. So they'll collect the snow, and the snow insulates them so you have less damage. So um, now's the time to get out there and cut those things back and see what's happened. Yep. And you might even start dividing a few things if the soil is dry. Okay. You could lift the plant, cut it into four pieces or so, and then spread it out and 
divided in, into different different areas or just make a, a larger uh, set of plants in that area. Now, I have a question so, that is completely, um, I don't know how relevant it is, but I have a question while I've got you. <laughs> And that is that over the winter, I have this little garden. It's like my favorite little flower garden right out the back door. And the dog, I let her out there when we're not walking her. She runs out there and does her little business off to the side. But during the winter, she got confused and started going on top. And I I didn't always catch her, but she started going pee-pee on top of where my flowers were. And I'm concerned because I know that that's not necessarily healthy. Will I be able to? Will they? Will that kill my plants in there? It should not kill uh, perennials. Right. That's really more of a problem with uh, a lawn, especially a lawn of one kind of grass yep. that's very babied. That's where you get those spots. Oh it's, yeah. It's really an imbalance in the soil. Yes, it's like a pH thing, right? It, yeah, and and so. There might be, there might be a little bit of damage, but I'd be really surprised because everything's pretty much dormant. Yeah, my inst- gonna- my instinct is to just you know do a little soil remediation, put some fresh compost and soil mixed up on you know kind of fresh well, that's stuff anyway. A good idea. Yeah, right. Okay, good. Composting anyway, and then uh, you're not going to let her do that in the summer. So, no, no, uh, no. So while they're actively growing, you know the. The snow melting and the rain falling is going to clear through a lot of that. Okay, good. Now, I, I took up the rest of your time with my silly question, but I really appreciate that. I don't know if anybody else <laughs> has that problem. but I, You know, I do better with questions anyway, so I'm hoping people will present me with some questions. Yeah, well, you will, I want to let people gather them. And- definitely let people know that you're going to be blogging um, with, with more information from this um, segment. And we're going to have you on again, and I want people to to ask questions, and I think that we can definitely get interactive. And I want people to check out your website, which is everygreenpart.com. Is that correct? Everygreenplant.com. Plant. I can't read my own handwriting. I apologize. <laughs> Thank well, you. Sorry. Thank you so much for calling Green Diva Alley, and I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks so much, Meg. Bye-bye. Bye. Inspired to grow more organic stuff? We are. To learn more about this Green Diva's Green Thumb episode and all kinds of other great green information, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. The Green Divas get to talk to so many inspiring people who each in their own way is helping us find a deeper shade of green. Here's just one of them. Enjoy. Very uh, happy today to have Jennifer Sass, who is the senior scientist for the health program um, at NRDC, and she's also a lecturer at George Washington University. So NRDC, Natural Resources Defense Council. For oh, those of yeah. you who don't speak acronym, I know it's just that, like I've, I've, well, you're in the know. Been familiar yes, with them, yes. so I, I do. I tend to forget. So, hi, Jennifer. Hi, nice to be here. Thank you. Nice to have you with us. How are things in Washington today? They are a little bit rainy and a little bit cloudy, but um, looking up. 
cherry blossoms starting to see i told you she's still an optimist that's right that was a reference (laughs) because before we were watching a video of her for the 2010 earth day and she someone asked her if she was optimistic and she said yes and i said i hope she still is because she knows more Um, than we do i am optimistic and the cherry blossoms are starting to pop which is exciting the the dark pink ones are coming out first and the light pink ones are on the horizon well it should be beautiful for the big 350.org reject and protect uh coming up in april wow later in the month yeah lots of exciting things Mm. i'm taking a sip of my tea bad timing sorry so reasons to be optimistic um other than <laughs> the cherry blossoms, which really do help, right? I mean, you know, spring is just amazing. Beauty of nature. Mm-hmm. Now, we were going to talk today a bit about nanotechnology and what's going on with it as it gets more and more into our world. Yeah, so what is nanotechnology right. and Great place why to do we start. care? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So nanotechnology are um, chemicals, like, um, uh, like your chemicals on the old periodic table from your old chem classes, um, but they're engineered at a very, very, very small scale. So those atoms are um, moved and arranged in certain ways um, so that at a very small scale, the chemicals have different properties than they do at their normal scale. Huh. For example, um, gold at normal scale is yellow, but at nanoscale it's red. Really? Mm-hmm, and that actually shows up in stained glass, actually. When you use um, gold in old stained glass-like churches, yeah. um, it actually turns red when it's heated to high um, temperatures, and that's because it's, it's becoming a nanomaterial. It's moving to a smaller scale. Wow. See, I'm learning already. And I used to do stained glass, so I never knew that you bit, though. You can impress though. all your stained glass friends. I know. I know. Okay. Right. Yep. No, nanotechnology at, a, at party conversation is going to make you very popular. Yes, I was reading about the nano silver. <laughs> I almost snarfed yes. my tea on that one. That was good. <laughs> yeah, nano silver is a good example. So that's also um, uh, silver is a metal. And we know already that silver kills microbes. It's a, it's a very effective antimicrobial. And it's registered by EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, and has been for many, many years as an antimicrobial. We know that it's particularly toxic to things that are, it live in the water. All sorts of little organisms in the water um, are killed by it, as well as germs and bugs and bacteria. But nanosilver not only is effective at killing all those little bugs and germs and bacteria and beneficial aquatic organisms yeah. as well, but it also can pass through our tissues. If we swallow it, it can get into our bloodstream, into our organs. We know from rat studies that it can pass through um, the blood-brain barrier of a pregnant rat and get into um, both the rat's, the adult rat's brain, but also the fetal circulation if she's oh, pregnant. Oh, that doesn't sound typical. That doesn't sound really good. <laughs> it, it's well, silver very on the brain, and not then, a good thing. No, and then what does it do once it gets into all those organs, including um, a fetus or a brain? Um, and the answer is it does the same thing it does outside of those organs, which it kills and damages little bacteria and microbes. But some of those bacteria and microbes are critical, beneficial um, organisms in our bodies, so it's very dangerous. So I have a question, because there was this all, all, all rage about uh, colloidal silver. 
a few years back, I don't know, mm-hmm. 80s or something or 90s. Uh, it, was that a nano silver? Um, well, so they were talking about that, yeah, because they put it into a lot of um, products for your household, and they're advertising it as having a germ-free product. For example, you can buy clothing in a lot of stores, um, yoga stores right. and outdoor camping stores, and they have nano silver um, threads woven into them in some cases, or they're treated with nano silver. You can get kitchen um, things like cups and cutting boards and knives that are, they say they're germ free. But the real truth is that nothing needs to be germ free. You just need to wash it with soap and water. Right. Because you don't want to necessarily kill all the beneficial little dudes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Protect the dudes. And, and that's the real thing that people are worried about is that these these might be effective at killing bacteria or keeping your clothes smelling fresher longer by killing the bacteria from your sweat that might make it smell bad. And it's true that nanosilver works for that. Um, but a lot of people are worried about what it might do when you wash those clothes and it goes down the drain. Right. Um, for example, water treatment facilities rely on beneficial bacteria to treat the sludge, mm. to treat the solid waste. So mm-hmm. they're very concerned about this. Ah, interesting. Now, uh, I had a question. It just went, woof, it just evaporated. It was like, you know, not nano silver. <laughs> <laughs> um, like nano silver wouldn't be. So as an anti, so as there you go. my microphone here. Yeah, I know. I'm fixing your microphone. So we're seeing it used in a, a variety of um, practices. And, and I guess when we start to see it, particularly in products for infants, is where we start to get really concerned in the, those developmental well, stages. And- so let's say I'm, I, I, I've bought some kind of yoga pants that are, you know, nano or something, have nano silver, so they're antibacterial or whatever they claim. Um, and I throw it in the wash with my grandchildren's clothes. Uh, is there a chance that it will get all kind of mixed up and perhaps expose my grandchildren to nano-silver? Well, the companies are saying that the nano-silver doesn't come off the clothing, that it's on threads that are woven into the clothing. Hmm. But the truth is that it wouldn't kill bacteria if those little um, ions, those little charged particles didn't come off the nano-silver. And so it's, it emits off of the nanosilver these little charged particles, and that's what actually kills the bacteria. Mm-hmm. So the answer to your question is yes, it's going to get into your laundry, and it's going to come off. And that was a particular concern that NRDC, my organization, raised with EPA. What about if children chew or suck on these clothing? Yeah. Especially because they're selling nanosilver um, baby clothes and blankets and pillows, um, pillowcases. This is what it's it's allowed for. Um, the EPA has allowed it to be sold on textiles like that. So, so, so that this was, was a concern for us. Yeah, that was going to be my question. I know NRDC is, has been one of our strongest advocates in uh, watching over regulation and policy development and, and how do you feel the, the EPA is you know, keeping abreast of all these new technologies and developments. Is sufficient testing being put in place before they reach consumer levels? Or, or are they listening to you? As they should be. So, <laughs> so those are critical questions is how are they testing these things? And the answer is that pesticides, like nanosilver, need to go through a rigorous testing process. The problem is 
two things. One is all that testing is done by the industry that's registering its product. Really? Um, so that brings a conflict of interest concern. Yeah. Um, but the second concern is that EPA is actually giving them a waiver on a lot of that data. So NanoSilver was approved under a loophole called the conditional registration and it was approved for use in textiles, like clothing, without having any long-term studies at all. It doesn't have a cancer study, a reproductive toxicity study, um, immunotox, none of that. So we're very concerned about that. So they're field testing it, and where are the subjects? Yeah, where are the guinea pigs, yeah. They are, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and not only that, um, a, high, a high number of pesticides, we think about 60% based on our review, go through this conditional registration loophole where um, data may be waived and some of it may be critical data that you'd want. So we're, we're concerned about all of that. Right. So it's not just about potentially, you know, this nanotechnology, um, nano silver, but it could be about a, a number of other substances mm-hmm. that we're right. all being exposed to. <laughs> now, are there right. alternatives? Exactly. I know that you know, Mother Nature has many ways of providing the same kinds of attributes and, you know, things like bamboo and others have some micro, uh, antimicrobial uh, qualities Qualities as well. Yeah. Are there other options that people can look for that are maybe safer you and know, provide similar? We just um, consider it um, an unnecessary use. So really, um, like we say, soap and water does the trick. Yeah. And uh, just make sure you're not buying antimicrobial soap, which is another thing we right. work on. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just actually today posted a um, – did a DIY tutorial on making your own foaming hand soap because, I mean, it, once you've had some nice, clean, non-toxic foaming hand soap, it's kind of addictive. It's luscious. Right. Anyway, you can make your own using like Dr. Bronner's uh, – I use that as the basis and, – and tea tree oil, a little bit of tea tree oil, a couple of essential oil. Anyway, there's no triclosan yeah. or any of that crazy stuff in it, which um, I know triclosan is the only one I kind of remember that sticks out at the top of my head that's in um, a lot of these antibacterial soaps, but um, – I know yeah, you know that. I more. um I read that on your website and I thought those were great ideas and I use a lot of those products myself um in my home for cleaning and I do avoid the antimicrobials and I certainly avoid the nano silver. Um and I thought your website advice was great. Oh good. Well I feel like really validated. Yeah. Yay. PhD approved. <laughs> <laughs> PhD approved. That's uh, great. We should go out and clean something right now. Uh, yeah, I know, exactly. right? I feel a cleaning Plain session. Old soap ca- and water. So what's, what are some of the other uh, research projects that are kind of coming up? Well, there's um, a lot of things I work on. My specialty is toxic chemicals. So there's some things that people can do in their own home to actually avoid toxic chemicals, and I can mention some of those. That's um, great. Since we already talked about ditching the antimicrobial soaps. Um, especially you can look for the labels with triclosan and triclocarbam or right. nanosilver. Get rid of those. Wait a minute. Um, I have a question. I've never seen nano silver on a label in my life. Well, you know, this is... (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Small, small nano print. Such a wiseacre. It's the nano print. You must read the nano print. You've got to have reading glasses on. That's funny. Um, Well, this is another thing is that there's no proper labeling required for this stuff. So... Mm. um, if it's um, a, if it's registered as a pesticide, it will be. But only two companies have come to EPA to get their products registered as pesticides, and all the rest are using it off label. 
So there's a lot of companies that have NanoSilver in a lot of different products, and it's all off-label. They're not going through a proper registration process, and so there's no proper labeling um, for those. So some um, some products are claiming they have NanoSilver in them because they think it's a market advantage, and some products aren't telling you Mm -hmm. if they think it'll turn you off. Oh, and I have to go back to I, – I know we're going to move forward, but now I'm, like, stuck because I'm having this creepy feeling I've got a lot of silver, nano-silver in my body, and it's bumming me out. Now, will my body ultimately um, cleanse itself of it, or is it going to, you know, keep it forever? Metals are not no, water-soluble. No, it will keep moving. Yeah. Oh, it will. Okay. Okay. So yeah, if I, if I minimize exposure, I won't, I won't, it won't stockpile in my liver or anything? And it's, it should be easy to avoid exposure since most of those products are advertising that they have it in it yep. or they're advertising some kind of antimicrobial thing like that. Okay, thank you. I feel better. So you're going to tell our <laughs> listeners some of the other things they can do. Sure. Um, so we also um, do a lot on dust. Now, dust, I think, is my biggest um, I want to bang my head against the wall about this problem because I can't <laughs> seem to keep dust out of my home. Oh, God, so no. My wife, know, too. No, this is a headache. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry even to bring this headache up, but what we do know is that there are a lot of toxic chemicals that end up in that dust. Um, for example, flame retardants that were used in furniture end up in that dust. Oh dear. Um, th- yeah, there's a lot of endocrine disrupting type chemicals that end up in that dust. So that's forced me in my home to be a little more diligent about my dusting. So. One of the things I do, for example, is um, let's say I'm calling a friend or a family member who's far away, and I'm going to have one of those 45-minute chat sessions. Yeah. Then I'll um, put on my little earbuds, and I'll walk around the house with a bucket of soapy water, and I'll do my dusting while I'm talking to my best friend. So you don't just blow it around or move it around. You actually just try to you know, absorb it in, in, in a sponge or whatever rag. Yeah, I use a uh, um, yeah, I use um, soapy water. Um, often it's just a Dr. Bronner's or something that I might get at my organic local store. Yeah. Um, and uh, soapy water and a, a cloth that I reuse, and I can put those cloths in the laundry later. And I go around my house doing that. So I, I've tried to be a bit better. I'm afraid if you visited me, you'd find dust. But I do try to be better about that. Oh, well, we'll dear. call first, then we know you'll be cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, do you have a moment to chat? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just call on the phone and then I'll clean my house. That's right. Um, and the other one that NRDC has been working hard on is flea collars. Oh, yeah, I don't use one. So flea collars for your pets. There's something to avoid. Paul's um, itching over there as you say flea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't work very well at all, but they do release a lot of chemical into the animal which then when you pet the animal or kiss and hug the animal, um, your pet, then you get it all over you. Your kids will get it all over them. So this is a real problem, and there's a couple in particular of chemicals that we don't want in those flea collars anymore. Um, but mostly what we're doing is advising people to use the spot treatments where you put it on your dog or cat and it sinks into them. Right, yeah. As opposed to the flea collar. Like Frontline or what Advantix is, is several different Exactly. Brands. And there's a, we have on NRDC's website, we have um, something called Green Paws, P-A-W-S, like oh, animal paws. Oh, yeah. And we have a Green Paws product guide, and it ranks all these products with color codes. Oh, that's green great. is good, red is bad, yellow is a maybe. And so you can pick them out for all sorts of different ailments, including fleas and ticks. 
Oh, that's excellent. And how did you great know resource. we've got we've got Gracie uh, in the studio, my my fluffy girl, and um, and and I'm, it's a nice reminder because you know I haven't given her a flea treatment in a while. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So I get busy with that. Wow. Well, there's so much exciting stuff, and I thank you for the work you're doing because, like Paul and I were talking before, you know, we're, we, I don't feel all that well-educated, at least scientifically. So you're someone who's really good at doing the work and explaining to us what it means. Yeah, thank you so much for your oh. important work. Sure. Thank you. And I hope that we'll get to talk again because uh, there's probably lots of different topics we can talk about. And our listeners can go to nrdc.org and tap into all the resources we've talked about and see some of your blogs and posts. And well, this is there a separate blog that you have? I do. You can blog my name, Jen Sass, or Jennifer Sass, at NRDC, and my blogs will come up. I have a number on uh, of blogs about nanotechnology in particular, um, and lots of other ones too. Thank you so much for your time today, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks. Take care, and good luck on your um, keeping up your website. I love to go to it, so um, thanks for providing that. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Jennifer. Bye-bye. 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 Hope you enjoyed that as much as they did. Please visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. For more fun podcasts and information on the Green Divas and low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. Okay, well, we did. We did it. We did. We managed to fit it all in. And how about that, Jennifer? I really like her. Yeah. She's like the friendly scientist. And actually talks our language. I know. I love scientists like that. Nano, nano. (laughs) (laughs) Mork and Mindy reference for anybody who's over the age of, what, 40? (laughs) Do you know how to download a podcast? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Yeah, that was great. And uh, Charles was inspiring. Someone really, at, at I know. Kind of, at, a, at a young age, to to take his health into his own hands, and, and then... I'm going to make that cauliflower curry mm. rice thing mm-hmm. that he, you know, we we mentioned. I'm I'm running out to the store now. There you go. Well, as soon as we stop yeah, recording, kind of. Yeah, let's be reasonable now. Anyway, um, I hope everybody has a great week. You know, please pay attention because, again, Ed Begley Jr. is going to be on with us next week for our special Earth Day show, which will be released on Earth Day. Tuesday the 22nd. Tuesday the 22nd. And, you know, write to us on either Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, or our website, of course, thegreendivas.com. Let us know what are you doing for Earth Day. And uh, what does it mean to you? Absolutely. Right? Yeah, 44 years running. Yeah, you know, I'm not even that old, so I don't know what to tell you. Well, we'll tell you about the first one, Meg. (laughs) All right, everybody have a great green week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Green Divas Radio Show. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, Swell Radio, and Spreaker. Get social with the Green Divas on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Subscribe to the Green Divas YouTube channel to watch them in action. And for all the latest good green news, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com.